you've got to master leading yourself. So that's about self-discipline. That's about experience. That's about controlling your feelings. So you've got to lead yourself. From Wise Mentoring is the Wise Guys podcast, a show about accounting and bookkeeping practice owners and the many stories, lessons, and tips from their experience of transitioning from a time poor practice to a business that runs without them. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. But I would like to start looking at some of the more important things in that process that people need to start thinking about. Um, and if we could, after you um, explain what we're looking at on the screen here, but where that fits into the context of the process, be really interested to see the journey that you take a lead on. So when someone, say, is referred to Sky or uh, is a result of your marketing activities, what journey they go through from becoming a lead to becoming a client of Sky, because I think that would be really helpful for people listening in. Absolutely. Um, look, I, I guess what you've got on the screen there, Brenton, is a is a couple of really key things in is and it, you know the the world's a busy place and it keeps speeding up, keeps getting busier. And there was just some statistics from HubSpot around um, you know how fast people expect uh, you know expect salespeople or support people to reply to their queries. And you can have a read of that for yourself. But, you know, essentially um, one of the most important aspects is replying if you get a lead in your firm is, you know, essentially calling and reaching out to that lead as like as soon as you can. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things with that is we always come back to is, is, you know, firms have to have capacity to do that. You know, if you're a senior client manager or assistant client manager, that's part of your job. You know, part of your job and your productivity is all skewed towards making sure that when a lead does come in and your marketing's working, that you can call that person, you know, the, the quicker the better. And one of the tips for everyone that I found worked over the years um, was if someone wouldn't answer their phone, um, I would always like text them and email them almost at like instantaneously at the same time. And I used to find that I'd get more responses uh, often if I couldn't get through to them on the phone um, is just via text messages because people are so are so busy. And once you start that dialogue, um, you know, then you follow what I call laps, uh, which is just leads, uh, book an appointment, so uh, appointments and then presentations and then sales. So I always follow... I always follow the lap system. Um, I think of it always, you know, like laps are swinging the pool just over and over, do, do that same uh, uh, process. So, you know, I couldn't stress enough that speed is so critical because if you don't call a lead that's coming in, you know, you can almost bet that someone else is probably two or three people um, have called that lead before you. And, you know, in, in today's world with SEO and all that, often people will... Um, you know, they'll get three or four different accountants and call them. And um, so it's so in terms of sales, speed is, is critical, Brent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lead certainly has temperature, doesn't it? There'll be hot leads, warm leads, cold leads. And a cold lead might be someone who just goes on your email uh, or your, your newsletter data, uh, sorry, newsletter email list. But so, so we do get hot leads, and which is, particularly important to this topic of sales. Um, 
a lot of people listening in and a lot of most accountants are busy, right? That's the certainly over the last couple of months, incredibly busy. But a hot lead and a busy accountant don't really go together because typically that lead goes into a spreadsheet or it sits in an email for a couple of days. But I mean, other than pointing out the obvious, what are the ramifications of, of not contacting that lead? Is it just going to fizzle out or how do we keep that alive even though we're so busy? Yeah, if, you, if you don't follow up the lead, your firm just won't have the organic growth that you otherwise may have had. And not only that, your, your marketing dollars just goes to waste. So if you've put all this effort, the balance sheet play, as Ed said, into marketing, and then you don't have the sales division uh, following up leads, it's just wasted uh, time and money. So um, as Ed, I think, said at the start, you've got to try and get each of the divisions working in, in the business. Um, you know, and a part of that is if you don't structure your firm in, in the production division four and have the capacity for the finders, for the scene, for the managers to call the leagues, then um, you know it's 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 a chain reaction. So you've got to get each piece working, um, and then also you know training. So back when I was training senior client managers, and then these days assistant client managers, um, I would actually bring them into the sales process. Um, you know, I was mm-hmm. talking to a firm just morning actually from Canada, and they said, "Oh, how do I? You know, how do I?" teach the assistant client manager and I said, well, bring them into the sales. When you get a new lead, bring them in to the sales and, and follow the sales playbook and follow the LAPS uh, system, leads, appointments, presentations and sales. And so, you know, it's it's about leadership, showing people, um, you know, not just what but how to do it. So, you know, mm-hmm. speed is critical. And then your other slide there, Brent, is about, well, how often do I follow up? You know, I've had some accountants and bookkeepers say to me, even in my own firm, Sky Accountants, oh, that's that, oh, that's a, that's not a very good lead. They didn't call me back, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so people get busy. We all get busy, and yeah. uh, you know, my my mentality was, uh, and I always kept saying it at Sky is, it's not no until it's a no. And you know, in some cases, I would book in my um, calendar. I would say to the person in the language, "Well, how about?" If not now, perhaps if I call you in six months' time or what if I call you in 12 months' time? And I distinctly remember there was one chap that I said, how about I call you in 12 months' time and we'll see how, you know, we'll see how your virtual CFO service is going that that you decided to go with in the end. And he said, mm-hmm. yeah, call me. He said, call me in 12 months. 12 months rolled around and uh, popped up in my calendar and I called him to the day and he couldn't believe that I called him. Um, anyhow, we ended up we ended up winning the job, and it was a really large um, group of companies that we ended up doing the bookkeeping for. But you just got to have a never give in mentality and follow that system. Put it in your calendar, and it's never a no until it's no. Um, you'll know when it's no because you don't want to. You don't. Know, I always say to people, I want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. But would you like me to follow up in two, three, four weeks, whatever it may be, and. As those statistics says there, 80% of sales are made on the 5th to the 12th point of contact, and that is spot on. Absolutely. And I want to get into um, some of the finer details of of those systems that you're using, but I just don't want to overpass um, one of the most important pieces of the puzzle, which you touched on there um, in terms of capacity planning. But Ed, this is one of the other big pieces of the puzzle and one of the reasons why the deep and narrow team structure is so important is because we need the senior client managers to have that capacity 
where they're off the tools to have the ability to to manage the lead inflow and actually nurture nurture leads and and engage in the sales process. That's that's the important piece, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I know some some listeners are sitting there and saying to themselves, "Yes, of course, it's common sense to to get onto the lead as uh, get onto the lead and the client as fast as possible." But how how do we do that? How do we get the staff to do that? You know, it's like sometimes it's like pulling teeth. Well, yeah. that's true, but it's got to start uh, with identifying people's strengths and weaknesses, identifying their personality, identifying what they like and don't like to do. So most accountants are, are grinders. They like to do the work and they don't like talking to people. And, uh, and obviously, if you say to an accountant, if you run a very flat team and you've got, you know, 10 accountants or five accountants and they're all uh, grinders and then you say to them well you know follow up that that lead and they're not going to do it their tendency is not to do it and then you're just setting up setting them up for a fall so when you go to a narrow and deep structure you uh, put people in the right seat so the client managers are the ones that are more talkative and they're more you know people orientated <clears throat> and they've got great communication skills and there's more of a, a tendency you know, to want to do that, number one. Number two is if it's in their job description, they've got to do it. And then, um, you know, if you're a senior production manager and part of the grinding team, then that's not your role. And you'll probably go, well, thank goodness for that, you know, because I, I don't like doing that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and uh, you know, so the first thing is to, you know, have, a, um, have the narrow and deep team, understand the different positions in there, and then to recruit people <clears throat> to fill those roles They've got the personality to do those things, and then it's a lot easier. So when the lead comes through and you go to a naturally, you know, uh, talkative person who's who likes people, and think you won't have any trouble asking them to call call the client. Um, so um, you know that's why the, the deep and narrow team is so important. It's so important for so many things, but this is just one one thing out of a thousand things that it's. Mm. it's yeah, and I think I think you made a good point there. Certainly, that that shallow and wide team, and I've experienced it myself, seeing um, your grinders being received leads and told to follow up leads, and all all the lead means to a grinder is more work. And if yeah. it's if it's not in their natural flow to to be a salesperson and their perception of a salesperson, and it means more work, then that leads pretty much dead on its feet. I think. Yeah. The other thing I'd like to comment is if, um, you know, the senior client managers or the finders are too busy, um, you know, it, it's in their body language. Like a, a new lead is just seen as pain or like not another, not another client, you know, that I have mm-hmm. to deal with. And, um, you know, we can't sort of often hide our, our body mm-hmm. language. So, you know, that creating that capacity and getting that team working so that the, the finders do have the ability to follow up the leads and think, oh, great, this is a new lead, you know, not and not think, oh, no, it's like this is just more pain I can't do with any more work. So, you know, it's that, that gives, that's sort of more like a real helicopter view of the situation. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for tuning in. If you liked this episode, please remember to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. For more practical, wise tips on how to build a business that runs without you, 
head over to wisementoring.com forward slash podcast to download a free copy of the Accountant's 20-Hour Workweek Playbook. We've included a link in the show notes below. See you on the next episode.